And all I'll, all I'll say is that today is April 19th and tomorrow I will have a special feast. Welcome to Dunstan Checks, men. The best and only podcast breaking down the 1996-8 film Dunstan Checks In minute by minute and pairing each one of those minutes with another feature film. I'm Lord Andrew. I am Emily Monkey Town. We're going to talk about minute 70. Yeah. This is zero. This is a, uh, for, for us, it is a kind of a landmark minute. Sure. Because this is the final minute of our random pairing set. Yes, that is correct. Um, this minute has been randomly paired with follow that bird, which was my choice. So yeah. I will find the time to uh, talk me. about it. Uh-huh. Uh, and and with, with that, let's get it a minute 70. Hell yeah. Can I can, right off the bat? Can I yeah. say uh, uh, a, a rare phrase on this show? This was a good minute. I think I lost you. Oh, you lost me, huh? You said right off the bat. Can I say? And then you said nothing. Can you hear me now, though? I can hear you now. Okay. Well, the listeners already heard, but uh, what I said was, "This is a good minute." That's shocking to me. <laughs> I thought this was a good minute. I don't think that often about this film, but this one, it, it I liked it, and we'll get into why. Um, there, yeah, there is one thing that I did like in this minute. I, I'll say that much. I'd go so far as to say there's several things that I like. <laughs> uh, so this minute, I honestly had to double back and listen, watch the previous minute because the there's a noise at the beginning of this minute that I didn't know what the hell it was. Sure, I will say this: the, there is there is a certain uh, sound design situation in this minute that is. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna use the word bad. Yeah. I'm gonna say there's some there's a classic example of poor sound design in this minute. Yeah. Um it's supposed to be a dog bark though. Yeah. It's supposed to be a dog bark, and it's also supposed to be like coming from another room, but it sounds like it the, the note I wrote down here was does Robert Grant have magic ears? And what oh, we're, yeah. what we're so what we're supposed to be experiencing here is how it sounds to him. Because it's also like a very loud dog bark that sounds like it's in the same room and no one but Robert is reacting. Yeah, honestly. He he panics. Mm-hmm. And the way that he panics, I thought, oh, my God, what happened at the in the last minute that he's so on edge? Yeah, we'll he, never he, know, though. <laughs> yeah, we honestly will never know. <laughs> um, so then the next thing we see is there is Lionel Spaulding mm-hmm. uh, kind of cornered by yeah. Buck Lafarge. And all um, that we hmm. sorry, go ahead. No. And all that we hear is he's he's telling the end of the story that we'd heard before. Mm-hmm. Which I, 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 that's that's one of the things that I like about this minute. I like that's an I would say an effective callback. I like that. Uh, that's just a that's just a line that uh, Buck Lafarge thinks is very impressive. So he says to a lot of people, "That's funny to me." Well, I'll tell you, that's the first of a few callbacks. Yeah, this is a callback heavy minute. I think that's yeah. why I liked it because you you rarely get a sense of like cohesion in this movie. That's true. That is very true. We got it in spades in this minute. Now. I, I believe the way that Paul Rubens is acting, though, in this moment is, is are we to believe that Dave learning or, or that he's become so drunk from the free champagne? I think it's both of those things. OK, because he's definitely he is really up on Lionel Spaulding. 
He has a he has a he's got a flirtatious pose. Yeah, and definitely, and it. a familiarity. I would say yeah. too. Yeah, for sure. Um, so then that's where Mr. Grant comes up and grabs Buck and says, "Could you do something about the dog?" And yeah. kind of throws him off to go do that. Yeah, and he's kind of a, a, a rare instance of him successfully helping that what who we know to be the real hotel critic. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then. Um, com- coming up out of the crowd mm-hmm. is Brian and Kyle. Yeah. And Mr. Grant says, what are you both doing here? And I like this whole exchange is what I'm going to say here. Well, I like I, that line read on what are you both doing here? Yeah, I, I do. I, I was intrigued. I It was only on the second or third watch through that I realized the both is very important. Yes. Because they are both brown, brounded. They're, They're both, both brounded. <laughs> They're both grounded. Yeah. So um, Brian's not even supposed to be there. But you see, if you look at them, Brian is dressed in like a suit. Yeah. So he's trying to blend in. He had been trying to blend in when he was flirting with the, I believe, French girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, previous. But it, and, and then I was really, Brian really put this plan together where he was going to dress up and blend in. Yeah, even though every employee would hypothetically know that he's the son (laughs) of the manager. He's like arguably one of the most recognizable people there to the staff. Imagine a kid lived at your workplace. Oh, sure. You'd you'd recognize that kid really easy. He wouldn't blend in at all. Yeah, I'll say when I was uh, younger, my parents were apartment managers and I feel Mm. like a lot of people knew me. Exactly. Uh, and that's just because that was who my parents were. So I feel like that would be Brian's situation. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Kind of a grudge three situation as well. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> um, so then what are you is, both doing here? Yeah. And so this is where, uh, then Brian hands his dad, the picture that yeah. Kyle had handed him that came from Dunstan's case. Yeah. And he says, you got to look at this. And he says, it looks like Lord Rutledge with two monkeys. And then he, he takes a second to realize, and that that's a fun little comedic oh, beat. I will say that beat is very good. It's great, right? Yeah. That was honestly, was that's what the, the whole movie was building up to that beat. And it, it, it was a little bit worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it works. Um, so now the next thing that we see mm-hmm. uh, is, is Lord Rutledge is being spoken to by Mrs. Dubrow. And Mr. Dubrow, Dubrow is also there. Yeah. Oh, you don't. Mr. Dubrow doesn't get a doop 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 Dubrow? Doop doop Dubrow. Only Mrs. Dubrow gets. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> You're trying to drive me insane and I won't have it. Um, so then she is um, uh, saying to Lord Rutledge, he's really not caring. He's like absent mindedly eating because I think he sensed Dunstan earlier. Wasn't that the case? Uh, sure. He's looking around for a Dunstan. Uh, so she says, you should visit another one of our hotels. Yeah, because she believes that he is the Lamont critic. Yeah, uh, critic. Uh, And then that's where Mr. Dubrow says, how are the mints? And this is another another callback. This is another callback that I really enjoy. (laughs) I like that even when he's faced with the man who he believes to be the hotel critic, he sure he sure he's he he still believes that the mints are the most important thing. That's very that's funny to me. I'm going to actually say I don't think Mr. Dubrow believes that this is the critic. Uh, Interesting. I think he does just ask this of every single person who stays there. 
<laughs> perhaps, perhaps, perhaps you are correct. Let me ask you this. Hmm. What's the deal with pillow mittens? Oh yeah, that's a good question. What is the deal? <laughs> is is them being mitts? on the pillow mm. meant to suggest it should be consumed at a certain time? Well, I mean, that would be you leave your room, you come back, your bed is made, and there's a mint, right? So maybe that's after dinner. If, if the implication, you're if you're staying at a hotel, you leave the room. Then why wouldn't it be left in the kitchenette? I don't know. I also think calling it a pillow mint, I wonder if the the origin of calling it pillow mint doesn't necessarily come from it being on the pillow. That can't but the shape of the mint. That cannot be, Andrew. I uh, refuse there, to allow for that possibility. You know what mint I'm talking about? The one that's like a candy. No. Because there's also the I, I think I it's more common nowadays for, for it to be a piece of chocolate or mint chocolate. Sure, like an Andy. Like an Andy's mint, yes. Like a singular Andy. Yeah, like a one Andy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I wonder if the if the origin of calling it pillow mint comes from where it's placed or the shape it of it. Certainly doesn't. Because it's, those pillow no, mints are called, aren't they called after dinner mints as well? Yes, in other contexts. Yeah. So, <laughs> but if they were called pillow because of the shape of the mint, they would be called pillow mint in all contents. Well. Uh, maybe it just caught on better in a hotel. I'm reading an article on tripsavvy.com that claims that uh, somehow Cary Grant has a, had a, <laughs> played into this tradition. I, there's no way I can process it all during this recording, but uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll update you in our next episode. Sounds like I might have lost Andrew again. Or he might have lost me. Things are going great here on Dunstan Checks. Okay, I heard oh hear me. That's all. Hello. 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 Now I'm going to blame you because I've, I've got an Ethernet connection going here. I don't have my Wi-Fi looks great. My Wi-Fi. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've also had it where it, so it says underneath our little just, I'll peel back the curtain just for a moment. <laughs> underneath <laughs> our little uh, recording setup that I can see, it says voice connected. I've had it before where it shows that it's a weaker signal. Yeah, mine says voice connected, three full bars. I got three, four balls, three full bars as well. You got three, four bars? Three, four bars. Oh, it just uh, dipped for a second, but it came right back. Everything, everything's fine. I think listen, the, all I'm saying is that according to tripsavvy.com, Cary Grant had a hand in the uh, establishing of pillowments as a thing. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But I've been trying to tell you for the past 10 goddamn minutes. Only like two. It'll be fine. Whatever. Um, that's interesting. Does it, it? And that's all the information that it has? No, it has way more information. Too much for me to read and record a podcast. That's what else I've been trying to tell you. All right. So the next thing that happens is Dunstan pops up. Yeah. I've heard of Dunstan checks in, but Dunstan pops up. And at this moment, I'd like to talk about Follow That Bird. Okay, let's talk about Follow That Bird. It's a 1985 film, uh, Sesame Street branded, yeah, uh, because it is a Sesame Street film. Yeah. Um, did you had you ever seen this film before? Not only had I not seen this film, I didn't know this film existed. When I told my lovely girlfriend Casey that I was watching a Sesame Street movie for the podcast, she said, "I did not know there was a Sesame Street movie." Were you pleasantly surprised? I did. I enjoyed this movie, actually. This was a fun little movie. Good. This was something that I watched a bunch when I was a, a child. I believe we had it on VHS. 
I I remember the cover pretty well. Uh, I I was watching uh, the version of the film that I watched. I don't know if this is the same version of the film you watched, mm-hmm. uh, but it was on archive.org. Yep. And it was like a VHS tape that had been taped over from when it was broadcast on the Disney Channel in 1991. We did watch the same May 16, experience. Did yeah. you watch the entire lengthy PE segment that was at the beginning? No, I skipped through that. As soon as they said Barbara Bush, I said boo and then skipped. I did draw. I wrote Barbara Bush with a little pukey face on my <laughs> notes. Um, but she goes away quick, thankfully. But mm-hmm. then there's like a like a five to ten minute segment on this PE uh, coach who does things a little different. Um, mm-hmm. Which just means he's like nice to his kids. I think. <laughs> Um, it was, it, listen, it's good. If you, if you want a slice of 1991 served up to you on a plate, that that's a good place to find it is what I'll mm-hmm. say. Is the, yeah, the, and the, did you, you documentary segment that is before follow that bird on the archive.org version of the film? Did you catch before the movie started? There was like a little, um, a bumper for the Disney channel where it was like Mickey's gloved hand operating like a TV control. Yeah, that was weird. That was wild. I miss that kind of stuff. I, I, I missed that kind of stuff, but I did not care for that specific example. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the movie, I, I will say I didn't remember like the, the actors in it. Um, like the bigger names. Sure. You're Sandra Bernhardt's, you're John Candy's, you're Joe mm. Flaherty's, you're Dave Thomas's. Yeah. Joe Flaherty and Dave Thomas. I didn't know who they were at the time, but I, I, I enjoy them now and it's really funny to see that I had watched them in a movie many times. Yeah. <laughs> they were playing the Sleaze brothers. I They're like kinda... their characters a lot too. They're very funny to me. Yeah, they they were essentially kind of the ultimate villain of the film. Yeah. Oh, Chevy Chase is also in the film. <laughs> yeah, playing I mean, I guess he's just doing his SNL newscaster bit. Yeah, he's just doing like his weekend update voice. And then he throws it to Kermit the Frog, who is a reporter. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that. Well, because it, in the Great Muppet Caper, that was the last Muppet film that came out before this one. That mm-hmm. was the last job that he had. That makes sense to me. I also so. like when he pronounces it's the same street. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, I love in the beginning the the Bird Council, and they say, "Oh, Big Bird lives on Sesame Street," and the the bird in charge turns and says, "Can you tell me how to get?" To Sesame Street. That's <laughs> yeah, that's really fun. that's so funny. That is very funny. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> um, this is this movie uh, like uh, is this like a propaganda piece about how social services are bad and we should and they just take people's kids because <laughs> well, it kind of seems like that. I thought it was also a weird thing because the the ultimate thing is the bird lady says that all birds should live together. Birds shouldn't live with humans. Humans shouldn't live with dogs. Dogs shouldn't live with cats. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of like a um, anti uh, anti. Thing. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, I mean, she learns a lesson at the end of the movie. She does. Uh, yeah. She lets Big Bird be, or she just calls him Big. <laughs> yeah, that is very funny as well. <laughs> just keep calling him Big. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the, the Dodo family. The Dodo family, big, uh, big dinosaur, big uh, Sinclair family vibes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. Well, if you, I mean, did you um, recall on, on the. On, re- on dinosaurs? Oh, for sure. And then oh, for and, those who uh, don't know, the Sinclairs are the family from the TV show Dinosaurs. Which aired on the Disney Channel at, at that time because they said, and after the, the film, 
uh, dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> yeah. If you watch it, I think it's at the very end after the credits. Yeah. Yeah. Fully done. There's like the little commercial bit that's like, and coming up. <laughs> so f- I was like, how perfect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, this is a, I don't know. I, I think it's so good because it's in the vein of a Muppet movie, but it's just the Sesame Street characters. Yeah. Like it's that just really, a Muppet movie, but a little bit softer. Yeah. Uh, it's and, great. Well, can I ask and, you a question as someone mm. who, I, I don't remember watching Sesame Street growing up. I don't have a huge history with it. Mm-hmm. What's the deal with Snuffleupagus? Okay, so Snuffle, Mr. Snuffleupagus um, was Big Bird's imaginary friend okay. or something. Was, you uh, said. I know that's interesting. Yes, I <laughs> believe. Interesting choice of words. I believe um, there was the, the storyline that they were going with was that nobody believed that Mr. Snuffleupagus existed. Okay. And sort then here's a who situation. Yes. And then in real life, they, they found that there were children who were telling their parents about things that happened and weren't being believed. And they wanted big bird to teach them that they should be believed. So Mr. Snuffleupagus became real at some point in the timeline. Oh, that no, that's wild. <laughs> so I think in the context of this movie, he's still an imaginary friend. Well, it seems like he's. It seems like in this movie there are there are distinct real and imaginary versions of Snuffleupagus. Yeah, it was. They really played with that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. You know yeah. what? I didn't realize. Uh, another this is another instance of me being a Sesame Street novice, someone who might call it the same street. In fact, um, <laughs> I didn't realize that Bert and Ernie's voices are like almost exactly Kermit the Frog and Fozzie Bear. Oh, that really blew my mind. I went, oh, that's just that's just Kermit. <laughs> that's, that's just Kermit, and that's just Fozzie. Like, like it's one to one. It's it, I I did not realize. I feel like the weird thing is I didn't watch Sesame Street that much either, but I guess a, a, enough to be familiar with all these characters and want to watch this movie a hundred times as yeah. a child. <laughs> yeah. Um. I do something. like Bert and Ernie, though. I like their goofs when they were on the airplane and uh, the tall one was stressing out and the short... I don't know which one is which. Yeah. The tall one was stressing out and the short one was goofing around and he's <laughs> just on trading places with them at one point. Well, they have a whole song about flying the airplane upside down. <laughs> and then when they miss Big Bird, the one who was goofing around blames it on the straight lace one for, yeah. for goofing around. That's fun. Uh-huh. That's very fun. Uh, but yeah, so... Um, well, the, the tall one's Bert, huh? Because I remember the evil Bert memes. Oh God, I don't remember the evil Bert memes. There was a series. This is this. These are like some 2007 memes uh-huh. where people the the goof was people were just photoshopping Bert into uh, like great historical tragedies with the implication that he caused them. Oh God, <laughs> yeah. Um. So I had paired. I wanted this in the mix because this film. Mm-hmm. Follow That Bird was directed by Ken Quapis. Yes. Who is the director of Dunstan Checks In. A, a much more competently made film, I would say. Follow That Bird. <laughs> Somehow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, how would you rank? How, okay, I want you to rank the three Ken Quapis movies we've watched for this podcast. Oh, Follow sure. Follow That Bird, Dunstan Checks Men, and the one with Timothy Dalton in it. The but I can't Beautician remember. and the Beast. The Beautician and the Beast. There it was. Um, I would say follow that bird number one, Beautician and the Beast number two, Dunstan checks in number three. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty solid ranking. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I, uh, I, I definitely, that's why I did it. But then for this minute, the reason why I, I the, what I wanted to say was that when Dunstan pops up from behind the, the, the buffet cart, he looks a bit like a, like a puppet, like a Muppet. Yeah. I'll agree with that. There's some Muppet energy there. I would say that's accurate. Um, and now we can go back into the minute, I guess. <laughs> I also want to say the Grouch Anthem was very good at the start yeah. of the film. <laughs> what a way to start a movie. Yeah. And then and then as as the Oscar the Grouch says, well, now you've heard the best part, so here's the rest of the yeah. movie. Oh, I also like the goof where the, the Sleaze brothers were running a Ferris wheel where you pay. It's ten, They don't tell you this at the start, but it's five cents to get to the top and then another five cents to get down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's very funny. Uh. All right, so everyone go watch Follow That Bird. Go find, yeah. go find a way, because it's pretty good. It's on archive.org. Just do it. It's fun. Uh, so uh, Lord Rutledge spots Dunstan pop up, makes eye contact. He runs for Dunstan. Mr. Dubrow says, oh, we need you new mints. Yeah. Yeah, that was a funny gif. Uh, and then when he starts looking under the, the buffet table, he lifts up like the, the tablecloth, the table skirt. He, uh, Mrs. Dubrow says my god he is thorough yeah that's a that's fun uh do you think she was also checking, checking out that his butt? butt yeah for sure 100 <laughs> he was tooching it right <laughs> he, he always tooches <laughs> Rutledge is a i think is a very vain man when it comes to his posterior he's a stu- super toocher yeah he's always tooching yeah um, uh, I, w- I do want to circle back to an earlier thing that Lord Rutledge did when um, he is sort of being bored by the Dubrows. Yeah. Um, he does a thing, he does a, t- a take where it is, he's clearly trying to suggest to us, the audience, that he's chugging his bottle of champagne to get through this. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't actually drink like any of it. Like you can see that the line where it is either doesn't change at all, or he had a very, very small sip, but he, <laughs> he swings it back hard and holds it for a second as if he is taking a big gulp. Wow. Uh, I guess I'm, I guess I'm just calling out fucking, uh, what's his name for bad acting. I wonder if that's, um, if that was like a fake glass and they, they couldn't, the line couldn't change on it, you know, <laughs> it moved. It did. <laughs> Cause it didn't change. Like it, it's, it's, it's swished. It swirled around in there. They have fake glasses where you can look like you're swishing. I don't know about that. The technology exists. I've seen it. All right. If you say so. Uh, So when he gets underneath the table, Dunstan is there sitting at one end. uh, And he says, hello, Dunstan, you. And that's kind of where it cuts off. But we also see the tablecloth next to Dunstan is lifted up. So someone is also joining Dunstan. Yeah, perhaps. It, I mean, listen, I don't want us to get too excited. Perhaps it is just uh, like Dunstan. It is just Samson's handler. <laughs> My theory, if I'm being honest. You know, you, you could be right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what happens in the next minute. No, no one does. No, no one. We, we can't know and we shouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but next in our next episode, we'll try and tell you. Uh, speaking of minute 71 do you have a movie prepared what's the question do you have a movie prepared for minute 71 you're asking me if i have a movie prepared may i approach the bench (laughs) permission granted your honor a movie needs to be paired with minute 71 and it must be chosen at this time 
The move it must be a move it. Yeah, must be paired. The movie must be paired with minute. Seventy one. Did you say? Or you say sixty one? Seventy one. I thought for a second you said sixty one. <laughs> yeah, right. Like we're gonna go back. That's so. That's not. The, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if in my wishful, hopeful brain, I was hoping you said eighty one. Of course. Yeah. But you didn't say sixty one. No. You didn't say eighty one. No. Would you say seventy <laughs> one? Yes, I did. And, and I hope. What is it? <laughs> I hope the defendant is using this time to prepare an answer. What? And, and let me ask you this: what What did you want me to do with minute? I'm sorry. What minute was it again? <laughs> minute. It is on the record that it is minute seventy one. Okay, so minutes. We're talking about minute seventy one here. Yes, we are. And what did you want me to do with it? We require a name of a film that must the be watched in accordance with that minute. Of a film. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And what a name of what? what just the name of any? Dunstan Checks Men is a film. I mean, Justin, Justin, you just need a name of a film. I, got, I mean, I can name plenty of films. A film that is to be paired with the minute, as is the style of this podcast. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. And it's minute 71. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. Um, okay. Hmm. Hmm. And who's going to provide that movie? The. You? <laughs> hmm. That's an odd number. That's an Emily number for sure. Say so now, are we sure seventy-one is an odd number? Yeah. Would you just do me a, like a favor, I, like I just, don't... just, just for me, like, could you, um, could you try to divide it by two right now? I just need to verify that it's it's like an odd number. You know? <sighs> okay, so um, let me get a pen. Hold on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. getting a pen. Here we go. Yeah, okay. All right, so 71, right? Mm-hmm. And then you put the little line, right? And then the yeah, two line, on the outside. Two under so there. two goes into one, mm-hmm. no okay. times. So that's not going to work. No. Well, two, okay, yeah. Yeah. But how goes, many times does it go into 70? It goes into 70 uh, 35 times. 35, huh? Right, so... Two, so that, but then the one makes it a half, huh? I guess it, I guess you're, uh, yeah, I guess you're right. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't track. Yeah, so that's a, that's an odd one for sure. Yeah, it does. It sound, it sounds like we're dealing with an odd number. An even number would be divisible by two. Mm-hmm. It certainly would. And what does an odd number mean? What? Hmm? What does Excuse it mean me? when there's an odd number? Excuse me. Hmm? Excuse- hmm? When the number is odd, what does that mean for us again? Oh, for us, it means it's the Emily choice. Oh, it means it's an Emily choice. It's it's not the best choice. It's the Emily's choice. Okay. Um, mystery train. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Can we get a clean cut on that? Because I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. That's too much. I'm gonna say no, I want all of that. I refuse to give you a clean cut because that was a work of art I just did for you, and I want all of it in there. All right. So you can find me on other podcasts. Like nothing <laughs> new. <laughs> nothing new. A remake podcast. Uh, myself and Justin Keyslon. Every month we talk about remakes. Our most recent episode at this point is 101 Dalmatians. Check that out. BenuiNetwork.com slash nothing new. Uh, you can also find me on it's on my list. It's on my list pod.com. That's it's what? What did I say? Are you okay? <laughs> Sometimes. What's happening? I think I was fully expecting you to do the little song bit, and because you didn't, my brain just said, wait. Hey. <laughs> uh, that's a podcast where myself and a group of friends get together and talk about films that people say you should see or that are on your list or our list or somebody's list. And we watch them and check them off the dang list. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's on my list pod.com. Okay, okay, okay. There it's we go. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at podcaster. Andrew, you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram and check this fucking shit out. Um, Twitch at very cool. Emily. Holy shit, they let you on there? Yeah, they do. (laughs) Um, You can also like friggin' whatever. Um, I do a podcast called Go Go Godzilla with Justin Kizon and Vic Perfecta where we talk about Godzilla films. Uh, Coming soon to a friggin' uh, podcatcher near you, I will have a new uh, podcast with um, Ghost Puncher Corazone Lily. Whoa. Uh, No no public last name. Uh Um, Uh-huh. No public name of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, not yet okay Uh, but get ready for that everybody um hey we got a patreon and andrew what happens there you go to patreon.com slash dunston checksman and you uh even at a dollar a month you get access to our bonus feed of episodes which includes the pre-show and the now we're doing mario monthly check-ins where every month we do something mario related and talk about it because we love super mario a lot Um, we do our friend super mario yes and uh a percentage uh of every bit that you donate every bit that you patronize how do you call it every bit that people give to the patreon there's a bit that goes to uh, a great cause called R-A-I-C-E-S, races, I believe, is how you're supposed to say it. But who can say? I'd rather spell it out so that everyone knows exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, and that's 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 a very good cause. Uh, you can also find uh, the show on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and you search for Dunstan Checks Men, you will find a little video that I create that is a mashup, a shup, as some a shup, say. A shup, if you will of the trailer for the film that we're talking about with the minute that we're talking about, uh, which is always a fun time and you should watch them all. Cause you'll get, you'll get a little bit of laugh out of each of them. Uh, I'll just highlight the, the, the moonstruck one, which I have titled Dunstruck. Uh, you will be struck done by that little video that I've created. You certainly will. Uh, and also Twitter at majestic hotel and Y and Instagram Dunstan checks men. And that's all of them. Mm-hmm. There's not a one more. There's not even a one more? No. Wow. That's interesting. Hmm? What? This is the part where you say something. Oh, remember, Dunstan is spelled with a U. Fuck. 
And we're checking out. Feeding peckish this midnight? Seat your appetite for terror and reserve your ears for a feast of the sound. The Midnight Marinara podcast is here for you, intrepid listener. We sample only the finest and sinister stories and, quoting them with our own unique spooky sauce, present them to you as eerie audio dramas. Tune in as Midnight Marinara sends shivers of fear and spasms of laughter through you. Bon appetit. <laughs> This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.